So we'd love to introduce you to Dana Kennedy, the State Director of AARP. My name is Andrea Gould-Marks. My partner here is B.B. Peters. And we are going to talk today about something that is insidious and pervasive, and that is scams. Scams and how many of us have experienced firsthand increase in hacking attempts or actual scams and invasion into our personal lives through our own technology, mostly on our devices, getting close. Well, welcome, Dana. Uh, Dana is the state director at AARP Arizona, and we're delighted to have you here. Welcome, and please just tell us a little bit about um, how you've been weathering this pandemic, how you've been handling it, working home or at the office, and also about AARP and how their presence has impacted the all the people that subscribe to this amazing organization. Welcome, Dana. Thank you, Bibi. How are you? I'm good. Good, good to see you. It's great to see you and Andrea. Um, it's great to be with you. So AARP has been uh, extremely busy since the very beginning of this pandemic, which happened um, in March, um, what, 2020. Um, in the very beginning, I stood with the governor at a press conference when we decided it was in the best interest of residents um, to close down long-term care facilities to visitors. Um, we saw what, would what was happening at, just outside of Seattle at a skilled nursing facility. And once COVID got into a facility, it ran rampant. And so we, days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months. And what was happening in the facilities was beyond comprehension. Um, so we swung into action and, you know, the very beginning we said it's absolutely critical that we make sure that families can be able to communicate with their loved ones in these long-term care facilities and wanted to make sure that they had access to technology. So that was one of the very first things the governor did was make sure that there was um, technology and resources available to make sure that those facilities could get the technology. Um, that being said, unfortunately, in Arizona, you know, we have a wonderful Alltech program. So if you qualify to go into a skilled nursing facility, um, you can actually stay in your own home and through Arizona Long-Term Care Services. So the picture that we have in our skilled nursing facilities is it's the frailest of the frail um, because we've delayed um, for people to be institutionalized. So you also have a lot of people in skilled nursing facilities that have dementia. So they just didn't understand why all of a sudden their loved ones weren't visiting them. And then we also saw, you know, family members outside of facilities where the workers would leave the facility together. They would go to lunch. They would, come, you know, get in a car together, go to lunch, come back. And meanwhile, a family member couldn't even get into a facility. So we advocated to make sure that the facilities had adequate PPE, that they were testing, um, and unfortunately, it got to a point in, uh, in July um, that, you know, you could basically go to a bar in downtown Tempe, not feel well, and then go get a test. But if you were in a long-term care facility, first of all, we didn't even have adequate PPE, and you couldn't even get a test even if you had symptoms. So we demanded that the governor put together a long-term care task force, and he did. And we were the first state in the entire country to be able to unify um, residents with their loved ones. 
Um, wow. 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 Gosh. Um, unfortunately, you know, those didn't, those, those visitation policies didn't even take effect until September 1st. Um, so you basically had family members locked out from, from March to September and even some facilities, especially if they were a skilled nursing facility, um, they still, because they were under different guidelines from assisted living facilities, they still didn't want to let um, family members inside. And keep in mind, a lot of the family members that wanted inside, they were pretty much at home isolating themselves. Yes. So it's not like they were going right. to work or, you know, into large crowds or anything like that. So we put together really good, you know, visitation policies and it got family members back inside. And we still advocated. And to this day, we still advocate regarding making sure family members know of their visitation as well as the residents' rights. Um, because the residents, that's their home. So they have rights too. Right. And that's what, if I just may add for a second, that's when I hear you speak now or ever, it's always about uh, advocacy for human rights. There's so much of that. And it just really touches me so deeply. What an important big part of what UNARP does. Yeah, especially, you know, psychologically, the heartbreak that people had being separated from their loved ones and their parents and couple that with the lack of understanding that so many of the parents, so many of the loved ones who had dementia, I mean, it was just a perfect storm of heartbreak, very, very difficult time. So thank you for all you did to intercede on that. And you also get to see how many different people are in charge of making rules and regulations. That's part of the perfect storm of it. If, of it being an impossibly difficult situation. You know, because we were so public and so vocal, um, family members reached out to me personally. So I, um, I fielded lots of phone calls and family members were my number one priority. And they were absolutely shocked when the state director returned their phone call within 24 hours. Yes. And my phone, yes. my, my comments to them were, you are my number one priority right now. And there's nothing more important that I'm doing in my life right now and working for AARP than making sure that you know what your rights are, that you advocate, you get in. And I'll tell you, we got family members inside, but the heartbreak of what the residents had gone through. And one resident looked at her daughter and said, what did I do wrong for you not to come visit me? Mm -hmm. And to this day, it breaks my heart because- because people really thought that they did something wrong. They didn't understand why their loved ones weren't visiting them. This happened so quickly. And again, we were trying to save lives. Um, but you know, at some point, social isolation, um, you know, people lost so much. And I still have you know, a friend that has a family member in a skilled nursing facility and her dad has dementia. And you know, she keeps getting locked out of seeing, being able to see her dad because a you know, once there's a case, they close down a facility for a couple of weeks. And so she just feels like I'm losing out on the last years of my dad's life, you know, and every time they lock a facility down, um, you know, she's not being able to see her dad and, you know, she's missing out on really valuable time. So, so we did that, you know, we also turned all events being virtual. Um, You know, we're still not doing any in-person events. It's the health and well-being of our 
you know, of the members. Um, we know how hard hit um, this pandemic has been on the older population and people with underlying conditions. Um, but, you know, my team hasn't skipped a beat and we're doing healthy rhythm drum circles. We're doing history happy hours. We're doing flute classes. Um, you know, we're, we're funding a lot of different programs that are online. Um, so we continue to make sure that we are actively engaging um, our members in different ways. And we're also engaging our volunteers in meaningful ways. We had, you know, our group in Tucson was writing Christmas cards to veterans um, in facilities. Um, our Prescott, you know, volunteers have also been doing, you know, letter writing campaigns as well. And they just delivered little flowers, um, vases to people who receive Meals on Wheels. And, you know, in Phoenix, we've delivered thousands of bottles of water to homeless shelters. And, um, you know, we visited first responders with baked goods. So we continue to engage our volunteers in meaningful activities where they're making a difference, but we're still making sure that we put the health and well-being um, of our members first. Just a quick comment on that um, meaningful activities. The, um, the, the whole question of purpose and meaning is so critically important that I think we need to dedicate another interview with you on that thread. So um, I, I, I'd, I'd like to say for 2022, I'd like to put in a bid for really going deeper into those particular um, themes because they're critical. They really are. And, and during this pandemic, you know, we've all been navigating. And at the end of the day, we're going to have to learn how to live with this pandemic. And we need to find that balance as far as what's our what's best for our health and well-being and still finding, you know, ways to be engaged and active. I know myself, you know, we're still not going to the office. I am in the office today. Um, we come back into the office the first in January. Um, there's pretty much myself or somebody in the office for a few hours a day. Um, it just depends on, you know, what we're doing, but I like to, you know, get ready and come into the office and start to transition myself back to the way life was before this pandemic. Yes. Um, I haven't missed a beat with my exercise. I get up every morning with my dog Kona and oh, we go and, and we go hike or, you know, this morning we went for a run. I finally signed up for a race. So I'm going to be doing a race in January, a half wow. marathon. So <laughs> I got to get back my miles um, of actually running rather than just hiking. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I've had to navigate my, you know, navigate this pandemic myself. Absolutely. And- absolutely. And to see you here in your office is like a treat. Right. And I was thinking as you were talking about, you know, this has been in that perfect storm idea. Um, the fact that technology has elevated this much over the past number of years has really allowed this humanity to stay connected during this incredibly challenging time. So on one side, we know because we're going to talk about scams and what technology can do there. Here's the other side, the light side of uh, technology, because we are talking as though you are right here and to have that availability for people in nursing homes and in offices and at homes to see the faces and still feel that presence that we can feel on our skin. That's really the marvelous part. So thank you, technology and Dana and AARP. Even even as an organization, you know, we started out, um, you know, we all took our technology home and we were going to test working from home on a Friday. Um, I believe it was about Friday the 13th. 
of March. <laughs> oh, how appropriate. <laughs> I think that was the day right around there, maybe the 11th or I brought, my calendar is probably still up. It is <laughs> <laughs> from 2020. That's funny. And, um, oh. and so we started out in Skype and then we, we migrated to Microsoft uh, meetings and then we also have Zoom and, you know, we've all had to adjust and, you know, I've got a little, you know, speaker here that helps everybody hear me a little bit better. And we've all, I mean, I've done, you know, hundreds of interviews and never gone into a studio um, and still was able to get the word out. And I'm probably actually more comfortable interviewing this way than I am in face-to-face with a big camera in front of me makes me so nervous. Um. <laughs> you know, it really reminds us, you know, of the, you know, there's madness on the one hand and there's marbles on the other. Marvel, and madness, marbles and, and, and madness. Yes. Marble madness and madness. And mar- I love it. This is the name of this episode. Marble right. and madness. <laughs> right. This whole part of it. So um, thank you. And, and thank you for also highlighting, and we could talk forever apparently, right, about what's still possible for us to do what was possible that those of us who were able to be outside and were vigorous enough to enjoy that aspect of life were able to retain that. And so when we revisit this topic, I think we really want to maybe, you know, sites on um, both of those things. Right. Right. For sure. For sure. And for now though, we'll just dive into this main theme, right. Of, a very serious topic, a very serious topic indeed. And uh, Andrea was mentioning before that she had some personal experience with it, but scamming is a personally experienced on all levels um, phenomena that's happening. And I would imagine that around the holidays, this even blows out of proportion. So please, uh, Dana, Tell us a little bit about what's going on, the best things to do, and we'll ask you a million questions, of course, but tell us what's happening around that area. Well, certainly. So for many of us, it's a season of giving. And unfortunately, the gift giving process from purchasing the perfect gift to making sure it gets to the recipient also brings opportunities for scammers to enrich themselves. And the point isn't to take the joy out of this time of this time of the year or take the fun out of gift giving, but to help you be aware so you can protect yourself and your loved ones. So I'll just kind of dive into online online shopping risk. Um, online sh- shopping makes holiday um, gifts so much easier. And I think a lot of us bought stuff online during this pandemic. And we now do so much of our shopping online, myself included. Um, but shopping online also creates opportunities for scammers. And the opportunities increase during the holiday season with the surge of online shopping. So we'll see an abundance of emails, texts, online ads, social media posts um, that tout incredible deals for all the items on our holiday shopping list, many which are scams. So if we click, we may end up on the fake retail website um, that may be convincing copying of a legitimate site or entirely made up site. Um, In the end, we may buy something that never arrives or what arrives is a low quality version of what we were expecting. Even worse, our visit to the fake site should enable the crooks to download malicious software to our device, allowing them to steal logins and passwords or even our financial accounts. 
and AARP's new survey on holiday scams that found that 35% of U.S. adults experience fraud when buying a product through an online ad. That's a significant amount of fraud. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (sighs) So if a deal seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, Discounts of 55% are a red flag. Um, If you've never heard of a company before, check them out. Type the company's name into a web browser with the words complaint, scam, fraud, and see if anything negative comes up. Look for spelling errors, unprofessional website design, limited contact options, unusual web addresses. Avoid clicking on links, even if you think the message of the ad is from a familiar retailer. Instead, go to your web browser and type the web address you know is the right one to avoid getting sent to a clone site. You know, it's interesting because one of the forms that the scamming often takes is that, you know, a very good friend of yours says, click on this link. That's it. There's no email attached to it. There's no conversation. It's just your very familiar friend and then a link, you know, so it might be a YouTube video or it might be, um, you know, you trust it because the email comes from your friend. So I, I, off, I, I have made it a rule not to click on anything <laughs> unless so I check smart. it out. Yep. Yep. And you can kind of like hover over it to make sure <clears throat> that the website is actually legit. Um, so a lot of times, you know, the website will automatically come up if you if you hover over it. So don't click on it if you if you are suspicious of it. Um, hover first, click yes, right yeah. before you hover before you click. Okay, yeah, Just a little slogan there. Yeah, and then drain gift card risks. Criminals have a way of draining gift cards of their value, and these scams spike around the holidays. So a lot of people like to use those gift cards. Um, Criminals go to stores and secretly scratch off the film strip on the back of those cards on the gift card. No, no, no. (laughs) Yes, that's how they do it. Yep. To get the pin, and then they cover the backup with an easy-to-obtain replacement stickers. Um, scammers enter the card numbers and pins into a computer program that notifies them when someone buys and loads a compromised card. Um, criminals are able to almost instantly drain the value from the card with the buyer and eventually gift recipient, none of the wiser. And AARP's holiday scam survey found that 21% of U.S. adults gave or received a gift card with no value on it. Wow. Mm, wow. So, so this certainly, you know, raises the anxiety level of yeah. most people during this time. So we really need to focus on safe ways to give gifts. Yeah. And so, also what it uh, mm-hmm. alludes to is that um, you think that something like a gift card is just such an innocuous, clean way of transferring goodwill. Okay. But all these compromising positions and activities that uh, crooks and those people who want to defraud us uh, employ. And it's so important for us to be aware. So what other tips? So to avoid the drain gift cards, purchase gift cards online directly from the retailer so thieves can't tamper with them. Just make sure to visit the website directly and not go through a link or email. 
And if you do intend to purchase gift cards at a brick and mortar store, make sure to inspect them for any evidence of damage or tampering. And also keep the purchase and the activation recipients in the event you find no value on the card. So you may not have the recourse, but at least with the recipients, you have a shot. So I can give an example. I purchased something for my stepmom you know, through my Amazon account. She doesn't, she's not an Amazon prime member and she insisted on, you know, giving me something in return, even though I didn't want it. So she gave me a gift card. Guess what? It was, it was empty. I didn't tell her, but it was an empty gift card. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So somebody might've given it to her or she bought it at a store and it was one that was drained. So you know, it happens to a lot of people. So you can say that I was one of the 21% um, that had a, a gift card with no value on it. Amazing. You know, the, the holiday time, it, you know, makes us especially vulnerable, vulnerable for those kinds of um, fraudulent activity. There's also some others really, as long as we're talking about scams, other really scary scams out there when people, you know, for instance, on telephone. Right. So this is Sergeant so-and-so and you've right. You need to respond right away because there's a complaint against you or there's a warrant out for your arrest. Um, can you address that just for, uh, for a minute? Some people I know have received those scary kinds of scams. So there are, there are charity scams. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's say, you know, we're a fire, we're a firefighter, you know, calling from oh, yes. you know, the, the fire department, um, and the charity scams, you know, their year end is when many charities raise a significant portion of funds. And of course, scammers want in on the action. So we have contributed more than 471 billion to charity last year and the generosity supporters, Many, ama- many amazing organizations, but those billions go to work for worthy causes. But when scammers are in the mix or support for these worthy causes end up lining the pocketbooks of criminals. So AARP survey shows that 38% of adults say that they've received a charity request that seemed fraudulent. I know I have many times. So a good way to avoid giving, a sham, giving to a sham charity is avoid giving through a fundraiser that keeps much of what they raise. Um, Do your research on the charity before giving. And you can do this online in several ways, such as givegive.org or charitywatch.org or charitynavigator.org. And an even better way is to make your charitable giving decisions at the end of the year on what you'd like to support in 2022 write it down and stick to it. I know I get a lot of, you know, organizations reach out to me. I'm on list because I do donate, um, but I pretty much donate to the same organizations all the time. But, you know, I do have friends that, you know, do races and stuff like that, and they're raising money for their charities. So I have a lot, a certain amount of money to support my friends as well. But always look up the organization first, just because, you know, somebody posts something on, Facebook or social media, be careful of it first. Um, But, you know, you can decide what you want to give to. And regarding people calling you, you know, saying that, you know, something that they have your grandson or something like that, that most likely is going to be fraud. Call your grandchild before you give up, you know, money to somebody. Um, 
a lot of those things are scams and they really try to prey on, you know, your heartstrings. Um, so be cautious of those types of, of scams as well. Right. So we have to, we have to layer in another whole filter. <laughs> All of us personally need our own scam filter. And I think one, one very good way is for us to have conversations with people, just to bring it up in conversation. So it's somewhere in our awareness. I think that's what we're doing now. Through help from Dana and AARP, we're able to share that with the group of people that, and we're even heard out of the country. So expatriates who depart and people in here in the U.S. Uh, So this is one way of letting people know as well. And we're so appreciative to AARP for just kind of being on top of it, being the police force behind all the stuff that's going on and making us aware, sharing awareness. Really, that's such a big part of what you do, Dana. And thank you for that. Absolutely. And let me, you know, before we have to finish, um, the AARP has a fraud watch network and the AARP fraud watch network is a free resource for all that equips consumers with up-to-date knowledge to spot and avoid scams. So you just have to visit www.aarp.org forward slash fraud watch network. That's aarp.org forward slash fraud watch network. If you've been targeted by a scam of fraud, you're not alone. And the AARP fraud watch network helpline specialists can provide you with free support and guidance on what you do next. And we're also advocating at the state, federal, and local levels to enact policy changes that protect consumers and enforce laws. So we work closely with the attorney general's office. I think most of you are aware we do a lot of um, shred events where you can shred all your information for free. Um, You know, that's another thing you should always do your due diligence on is make sure that you're shredding important documents and don't just put those in the trash and anything with your address on it should be shredded. Oh, that's marvelous information. And um, it's so important for us to know this. But I also want to, and we're not under constraints of time, right? So this is a podcast and we can talk forever. Of course, we won't. But uh, the other important element that we want to look at is the veterans, right? The scamming Mm -hmm. having to do with that. So touch upon that topic a little bit, please. And what's going on there? Yeah, research released by AARP veterans, active duty service members, and their families are nearly 40% more likely to lose money to scams and fraud than the civilian population. Additionally, four out of five military veteran adults were targeted by scams directly related to their military service or their benefits that they receive. Unbelievable. Uh, and why? Did, why? Right. How? Right. So why are they more vulnerable? So military and veteran receive scam offers related to fake veteran charities or causes by 58%. VA home mortgage loan schemes are 48%. And bogus medical equipment for service-related injuries at 31%. Um, The Federal Trade Commission um, estimates that military consumers lost $122 million in 2020 to fraud and identity theft. Shocking. 
the FTC receives nearly 66,000 fraud complaints and more than 55,000 identity theft complaints from military consumers just in 2020. And, but we know that scams are significantly underreported, so the real losses are likely far higher. Again, people don't like to share that they've been scammed and that just keeps it underground. We need to let people know if they have been scammed and it can happen to anybody. It really can. And people prey on, on the fact that people will be embarrassed and not share that information. Um, and it's almost as though it feels to me like um, people um, would assume that the veterans who have done such great service for the country and for us won't be bothered by that because they're already honored in that role. But in fact, it's it they are preyed upon so much. So please do continue. Well, so research showed that veterans are losing money to the following service-related scams, turning over VA pensions and or disability benefits for supposed lump sum payment mm. that never materialize. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Payments for updated personal military records, 32%, and donating to fake or veteran charities, 32%. So it happens, unfortunately, um, what are the red flags of a scam for a veteran to know? Yes. Veterans never have to pay for their own service records. If told otherwise, it's a scam. Um, an offer to a military or veteran to update their military records by providing personal identifying information can seem routine and legitimate to any service member, but unexpected calls requesting personal or financial information should always raise a red flag. Hang up and call a number you know who will get you to the VA office that allegedly to call. And if you are a veteran and you think that you are deserving of a benefit that you're not receiving, contact your member of Congress. They have caseworkers that will open up a case for you and they'll directly navigate the VA systems and to find out what kind of services you may be eligible for. I love that idea. That's I love advice. that that's available. Very, yes. Oh. I worked at a congressional office and we did a lot of work for, for veterans. And sometimes we would get them a large check. Um, but mm. you know, people aren't going to ask you to pay for anything. So that's a scam. So sc scammers can manipulate caller ID to appear to be from different person or place. So when in doubt, hang up and call back a number that you know to be legitimate. The VA will never ask for your personal information via email, only via only mailed letters and the VA does not threaten claims with jail or lawsuit. Um, if you receive an email or letter from VA notifying you that your, that your direct deposit information was updated or that your e-benefits account information was updated and you don't remember doing so, immediately contact the VA. This could be your first sign that your information has been compromised. Mm. So creepy. It's so creepy. I have to tell you, just feel it on my skin, how uh, invasive all of this is and how alert we all have to be. Right. And yeah. how quickly we have to how hang quickly. up. As soon as we have that feeling, it's much safer to just simply hang up and not even give the caller any time to to reach into our emotional system. So and you know what? Seriously. If you don't. If you don't know the number in that general, you, 
just let them leave a, be- a voicemail and get back to them. If it's legitimate, they'll leave a message. You know, right. even though I'm on the do not call list, I get calls all day long on my cell phone. Um, you know, luckily some of our cell phones are now saying that this might be a scammer, but let people leave a message. You don't have to answer that phone for somebody that you don't know. Yeah. And, and I think that this is especially so with our older sisters and brothers um, who have been used to answering the phone. You yeah. know, those of us born in the cell phone era know that it's so easy for someone to leave a message and for us to check the validity of that. So uh, when in doubt, hang up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or don't answer at all. Yeah. You can also sign up for a robocall blocking service to minimize the number of robocalls you get. 49% of military respondents did not use robocall blocking Mm. services. Mm. Add your numbers to the National Do Not Call Registry Mm -hmm. at donotcall.gov. That's donotcall.gov. While this this only stops legitimate telemarkers from calling numbers on the registry, it will cut down on calls making scams easier to spot. Um, you know, I'm registered on it. I still get calls. I just don't answer if I don't know the number. That's my, that's and my most, question. and most carriers have that protection for a fee, like two ninety nine a month or something like that. AT&T or Verizon, um, yeah. will put that robocall filter on your phone. Yeah. Um, place a security freeze on your credit reports with each of the three major credit card bureaus. This will stop a criminal from opening up a new account in your name. of veterans, military respondents said they did not have security freezes on their credit reports. Um, Go to annualcreditreport.com for more information on credit freezes. Keep your firewall and antivirus software up to date, as well as your device operating systems. Updates often become available when there's a new threat identified, and the update patches your system to prevent an attack. Oh, that's a lot to remember. I think that a lot of our listeners are going to have to listen to this twice or take notes. Right. Or we're going to ask Dana to send us yet another something we can post with sort of a possibly a list so that people be able to read this. I think that would be a great idea. We do. And we can make it easy for you as well for more information and resources for veterans and the latest frauds and scams. Yes. Visit aarp.org forward slash veterans. Oh, excellent. Um, and again, you can call the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline at 1 877 908 3360. That's 877 908 3360. And sign up for our free, free watchdog alerts um, about the latest delivered scams. Again, at aarp.org forward slash um, fraud watch network. Right. I think just simply having those on the refrigerator or on our desks on a little card would probably be a really efficient way of keeping it in our awareness. I agree. Yep. <laughs> Dana, thank you so much. This has been it's like such a huge download of very, very important information. And so whatever we can do to keep that um, close and a uh, on hand. And thank you so much for your lovely presence and everything that you do do. You're a wonderful role model for AARP, in addition to being (laughs) state president. Yes. And in addition to being a friend of ours, someone that we know it can depend on and count on for the information, you know, that is so current. And I also wanted to add that, um, 
we'll do a post. Uh, we'll do a post on our website with the links and the addresses that you uh, alluded to. And we really want to showcase that and share that because sometimes more than one modality, you hear it, you see it, you go back to it again. It's so, so helpful. And I think that's one of the amazing services that you and AARP Arizona provides um, to have access to that information. And the more we can share that information from a security and advisory and safety perspective, the better. So we're we're personally, community-wise, we're so grateful for all the research and the identification and the disclosure that you provide through your state office and nationally as well. I think it's an invaluable service. Imagine where we'd be before your lovely founder discovered this amazing organization, you know? So thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you to Ethel Percy Andrus for making all of this possible. She was a trailblazer for sure, and we're forever grateful for all that she has done to allow us to do the work that we do. So Dana Kennedy, have a wonderful and safe holiday season, and we will definitely look forward to seeing you and having another conversation in the new year. I look forward to that as well, and hopefully we can be in person. If I we know. Were, oh, Let's look forward to that. For sure. <laughs> All right. Bye. Now. Bye. Bye. Bye for now. Bye for now. We're immensely grateful to AARP Arizona for their support. Have a listen to the 32nd message from AARP about protecting yourself online in relation to dating scams. This problem is particularly daunting in these times of isolation and loneliness. Be careful out there. I matched with this cutie on a dating site. We texted all the time, but never met up. Then he asked to send him gift cards for a plane ticket to see me. And that's when I remembered a tip I got from the AARP Fraud Watch Network. Gift cards? This is a romance scam. Spent that money on self-care instead. Recognize fraud sooner so your money lives longer. The younger you are, the more you need AARP.